Step into the world of power, loyalty, and luck. I'm going to make him an offer he can't refuse. With family, cannolis, and spins mean everything. Now, you want to get mixed up in the family business. Introducing The Godfather at ChompaCasino.com. Test your luck in the shadowy world of the Godfather slot. Someday, I will call upon you to do a service for me. Play the Godfather, now at ChampaCasino.com. Welcome to the family. VGW Group, no purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. See terms and conditions, 18 plus. From API, this is Energy Tomorrow Radio, your source for information and conversation about the most important energy issues of the day. Welcome to Energy Tomorrow Radio. I'm your host, Jane Van Ryan. The future of America's energy policy continues to be under a microscope this week as congressional leaders consider ways to improve our energy situation now and into the future. The big question is, what actions will be most beneficial to American consumers? The Institute for 21st Century Energy has just released a new energy policy platform with broad bipartisan support. And Karen Harbour, the Institute's Managing Director and Executive Vice President, is here to talk about it. Welcome, Karen. Thank you. I'm delighted to be here. Oh, we're pleased to have you. First of all, what is the Institute for 21st Century Energy, and why was it formed? Well, Jane, as you know, energy fuels our economy. It sustains our competitiveness across the world, and it really is what maintains our agricultural base, our manufacturing base. And we have come to believe that energy security will be the energy and economic and national security issue of the 21st century. So the Chamber of Commerce really leapt at this opportunity to form a new institute that would really change the debate across America and mobilize policymakers, mobilize advocates to really do something positive and sustainable and constructive to change our energy future in our lifetime. Well, your organization recently sent an open letter to the president and to Congress calling for some rather sweeping changes in energy policy. The letter says that our current policy is contradictory. We demand energy and complain at the same time about high prices, but then we restrict energy exploration and fail to change our lifestyles. So in the view of the Institute, what should be done? Well, we really have been dealing with energy policy in a very ad hoc manner, sort of a point-and-shoot energy policy, as I like to, to refer to it. And we've got to get beyond the hand-wringing. We have to have a sustained effort. We have to be committed to something that's taking us a long time to get here. This did not happen overnight, and it's going to take us some time to get out of here. And we've got to put solutions ahead of partisan politics. We've done this before in times of great need and great challenges to our nation. We've been able to mobilize support, cross party lines, and really unify ourselves on common sense policy solutions. They're out there. We have to put to bed some of the very... Oh, very hardened positions that we've seen emerge in Washington and get beyond that and come together as a nation because it is, it's not a Republican problem. It's not a Democratic problem. This is an American problem. And it's going to challenge our national security and our economic security and our family security directly if we don't do something about it. Well, who signed this letter? Who supports your organization? Well, I'm delighted to tell you we had 27 leaders, some of the best leaders in America, come together on both sides of the aisle. Former secretaries of energy, state, defense, treasury, commerce, White House officials, names that you would recognize like Colin Powell, James Baker, Henry Kissinger, uh, the first secretary of energy, the last secretary of energy. And so we really have a broad spectrum of people. And we also have business executives. And I think that tells you that this is not just a 
an issue that is, is going to the heart of policymakers, but it's going to the heart of business. And so we really need all folks involved in the solution. And if you go to our website, which is uh, www.energyxxi.org, you can sign on to our letter, and you can see the type of people who are coming together to endorse this. And it's from all walks of life, all sides of the aisle, and very different perspectives, because it truly is an American challenge. Well, your letter lists some 13 pillars that you say form the basis of this plan. Can you describe some of them? Sure. You know, there's not one single silver bullet. There's not one panacea, one one single solution that we need to pursue. We need to look at the supply side. We need to look at the demand side. And we need to look at what's in between there, the infrastructure. So we do need to increase supplies of energy. Demand is going up around the world by over 50%. Here at home, it could go up by as much as 30%. We need more American solutions, more American resources. We need more oil. We need more gas. We need more coal. We need more nuclear. We need more solar. We need more wind. So there's not a single solution. We do need all those sources of energy. But we also have to be more efficient consumers of energy. You know, the next best source of energy is the one we're not saving every day. So let's be better about that. And let's be better about the environmental impact of our energy consumption. And let's invest in that infrastructure. It's not enough to get the electrons uh, if they don't get the electrons to where they need to be. So we need uh, new electricity delivery. We need new pipelines. We need to be a 21st century economy. And we don't have 21st century infrastructure. So we need to make these investments. And government and the private sector has to have a brand new relationship to get these investments made where they need to be made in a time frame to keep us competitive. The kind of change that you're talking about, though, is huge. So what's needed to facilitate change on this scale? And and do you see this initiative as something similar to a Manhattan Project, a, a huge government effort to secure our energy future? You know, I think one of the things we have to be careful of is imagining that government owns all of the solutions because that has gotten us in trouble in the past. Government doesn't pick winners and losers very well. There has to be a huge effort with the private sector who actually has the intellectual capital and the expertise and can mobilize tremendous amounts of resources, both human and capital, into the areas where it's needed. And so in some ways, we need government to get out of the way uh, in some places. We also need government to be an enabler and an incentivizer for change. If you look at the energy efficiency side of things, we want to incentivize consumer behavior change. We need government to make huge investments in technology. Right now, we're investing three days' worth of oil imports and technology every year. That's insufficient for the type of technical revolution we need for our energy sector. So we need we need more government involvement in discovering those next solutions, and then we need those solutions to penetrate into the market. And there's nobody better in the world than an American entrepreneur to do this. So we really need to aid and abet our entrepreneurs, our innovators, and help them to do what they do best, which is going to be to find new ways to address our energy security challenge in traditional resources, in alternative resources, and really transforming the way we use and produce energy here. But how long do you think it might take to accomplish that? You know, Al Gore, just a couple of days ago, announced his plan to move everything to renewable fuels or alternatives and said it could be done in 10 years. There are editorial writers who, over the weekend, scoffed at that plan and said it's impossible. So do you have a time frame that you're adhering to for your plan? 
This is going to be a challenge that's going to be with us for quite some time. And I think if you look at previous challenges, if we take our eye off the ball, we end up paying the price. This is something we need to keep our eye on the ball for many, many years to come. There are dividends to be paid immediately in some of the changes that can be made. But we're not going to solve this in five years. We're not going to solve it in 10 years. And I, I hate to say, even by 2030, we're still going to be on the way to solving it because it's going to evolve over time. We're going to find that some entrepreneur in a garage is making an innovation that's going to transform our energy future 50 years from now. So there's not a beginning a middle and an end to this. It's going to be ongoing. And so I really hope we don't make idle promises to the American public because they're smart. They're paying a lot at the pump. They're paying a lot for their utility bills, and they want to know why, and they want to know what to be done about it. But we've got to be honest with them. The American people are smart, and they deserve an honest and transparent debate. They don't deserve idle promises or or single solutions that are sold to them as the solution. We need all sources of energy, and we need to do it in a time frame and a commitment time frame uh, that will outlast uh, some of the political cycles that we're accustomed to in this town. But many Americans today feel that they're powerless to deal with this. They see the prices at the pump. They can't figure out what they can do to solve this or even how to address it to to maintain their own personal budgets. So what advice do you have for consumers? You know, ultimately, the American public has a huge role in what happens. And it's not just choices you make at home and what type of light bulbs you use and how you drive your car and how you insulate your home. But taking what you're learning and taking it to your neighborhood, taking it into your business, translating that into advocacy and pressuring policymakers to do the right thing. And I think we're going to see in an effort that we're leading, which is to try and capitalize on our 2,900 chambers across the country, a huge groundswell of people demanding a sustained effort to address this. Because as we look at the developing world around the, country, around the world that is industrializing, that energy demand is not going away. We want to have a very prosperous globe, and that is going to demand more energy. And so each individual American, each individual family, each business has a role to play in a much more sustainable energy future. And and we shouldn't be hopeless. We're full of opportunity and optimism in this debate because how we do it can actually create jobs, create industries, create American innovation, American technology, and things that can really lead the globe to a more safe and secure and prosperous and clean energy future. So it's an opportunity at home and at business and for America to lead on a global scale. It has led in times before of national emergencies. This is a very big global challenge, and America should be leading it. Well, that brings me to my last question, too, Karen. Speaking of uh, America leading in this challenge, What advice do you have for the U.S. Congress? Right now, they're in the middle of debating the issue on whether or not to open up more areas in the United States to oil and natural gas exploration and drilling. What do you think? What should they do? Well, you know, the American way is to give Americans options. And I think government has got to put more options back on the table for the American family. When we have a resource here at home, why are we taking it off the table? We're basically saying we'd rather spend our money overseas and spend $750 billion a year in other parts of the world, but we won't invest here at home. We've got resources. We can use them cleanly. We should use those resources to benefit of our economy and create those jobs and industries that we can here at home. And in the meantime, also invest in all sorts of alternatives over the long lifespan that we have here and changing the type of energy we consume. But we've really got to have Congress get serious. We can't keep taking options off the table. We'd really like them to see 
see them do what's right and sensible and give Americans what they deserve, which is resources here at home, jobs here at home. One more time, where can our listeners go to find more information about your plan? Please come to www.energyxxi.org. Thank you so much. Thank you, Karen. I really appreciate you joining us today on Energy Tomorrow Radio. Thank you. Thank you for joining us on Energy Tomorrow Radio, brought to you by the people of America's oil and natural gas industry. For more information about this podcast or to submit questions for future shows, visit energytomorrow.org. That's energytomorrow.org. Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day a little. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. BGW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus.